juice, juice is temporary. You know, anyone can obtain the juice or something. I mean, you could say that just because you got a nice car, I'm like, oh man, you got the juice. You know, it, it, it's it's something that kind of, kind of comes and goes. Sauce, the sauce is forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the On Blast podcast. Where, as always, we we just like to give you our thoughts. It's just my thoughts, man. Right or wrong, just what we're feeling at the time. Yes, indeed. Welcome to another edition of the On Blast podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and of course, um, as always, Andrew Webster will join us shortly. But uh, first, I just wanted to give a little intro, you know, because there's a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of stuff going on. City of Toronto's on fire. Conor McGregor, uh, Floyd Mayweather in town. Festival season's heating up. It's almost Carabana time. Summer in the six, although the, the weather might not let you know that. But it's just that time of year. Things are bubbling. Things are happening. But the world, or at least my world, seems to stop when certain things happen. And if you know me well enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that would be because your boy, Sean Carter, known as JZ around these parts, north of the border, dropped his 13th studio album titled 444. Now, I kind of want to go through like, what is 444? We've all heard by now Lemonade. We've all seen the elevator video. And this album was billed as the response, I guess, to... Beyonce's Lemonade album, which was a masterpiece of its own, right? One of the great, best albums Beyonce's ever done, one of the best albums we've seen in a very, very, very long time. So there's a lot of weight that comes with this response in Jay-Z's 444. And there's a lot of things that happen here. I mean, he he talks about his strained relationship with Kanye West, which was a big deal, sending some shots at Kanye. He talks a lot, obviously, about cheating on Beyonce and having to explain that to his kid and what that might mean. Like, There's a lot of very serious topics here and a lot of things that we didn't really know about. Like, He speaks of his, his mom being a lesbian, which I don't think we knew until hearing it on this album. There's a lot of things here that make this a very personal and real album. And when you get that real from Jay, that's when Jay-Z is at his best. I want to discuss this album that seems like a very personal album. And obviously, I'm saying this going off the assumption that, you know, all of these things are true or what is alleged to have happened is all true. And uh, this album has been highly anticipated. And I must say that I was kind of, I didn't know what to think about this album heading in. I didn't really have that many expectations. I didn't know what to think. I wasn't sure what it would be like. And I was blown away absolutely blown away. There's a few things I want to say, and especially if you've, if you've listened to the album yet, I know it's kind of weird, and that's why I wanted to wait and give it a little time before I even talked about this album, because it came out on Tidal first. Obviously, not everyone has Tidal, and then a week later, it was released on Apple Music, and I think by now, more people have had a chance to at least give it a listen or two, but for me personally, I know I needed a couple weeks to digest it, gather some thoughts before I was able to discuss what I think. First thing I'll say is, you know, you definitely need to sit down and take in this album. If you're waiting for bangers, if you think, you know, you you want that that Sean Carter, that that, you know, uh PSA Jay-Z banger, it's not gonna be on this album. You're not gonna find it. 
It's not really that type of, of thing. With that said, there's still a lot of great tracks. There are songs like I think Family Feud could rock. I think Bam could rock at like your barbecue or rock in a party or whatever, right? Like you do have those kind of songs, but the the classic Sean Carter, Jay-Z banger is not there. And that's okay. I think that you you once you sit down and actually fully take in this album, and and that's what I want. That's what I really want people to do. I want you to sit down and take in and listen to what he's saying. It's just such a masterful work of art in the sense that No ID did a a, a great job in with the production and the samples are just so beautiful. Like there's one day I I have spent listening to the song Smile over and over and over again and taking it in, and it actually led me to the Stevie Wonder sample, and then I spent like way too long listening to the Stevie Wonder sample that was used for the song Smile. Like It's just a beautiful piece of music, you know? It takes me back to that early, that early Kanye blueprint sound, you know? When, when Kanye was really bursting onto the scene and, you know, No ID obviously being one of his influences, just that sound, that soulful sound. And, you know, uh, no ID and one of the things, you know, there's been tons of interviews done with No ID since this album came out. And one of the things he talked about was how samples have sort of fallen off from being in mainstream hip hop lately. And that has a lot to do with just how the music industry is. The money is different in what you're dealing with. The record labels aren't as willing as they once were to be shelling out money for samples. But obviously with a project like this, when you're dealing with Jay-Z, who is the boss of his company... And you say, hey, I got the Stevie Wonder sample, like here's the beat. Chances are he's gonna say okay, because he's the boss, right? Like whatever it costs, cool. And it was well worth it. Like it's just such a soulful sounding album. Uh I say that, but I also know that if you know me, you're probably assuming that I would love this album. So take that for what it's worth. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna rep Jay. That's my guy. But I really want you to take it in. And I want to emphasize. Don't go off the first listen. You really got to sit down and take it in and get in the the feeling of listening to an album again. Because I feel like that stuff, you know, the way that we 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 take in music really changed over the past few years, and we're not as used to sitting down and digesting a full hip hop album that has a a uniting a united feel to it. You know, and I think this is one of those albums that you really got to sit down and and take in the full body of work to fully appreciate, you know, the moment in time. Because to me, and I think a lot of other Jay Z fans, Jay Z albums r- provide a moment in time. Like the Blueprint provides a moment in time, but I will always, for example, remember being out at clubs and, and DJs were spinning almost the entire album in clubs. I mean, if I go back, like I was in high school, I remember the house party that I was at when the Blueprint just came out, and we just kept playing that album on repeat over and over and over again at this house party. Certain people listening might actually remember whose house that was. I'm not going to put them on blast, but that was a dope-ass party in OAC, if I remember correctly. But my point is, 444, take it in. I, I hesitate to say grown-up hip-hop because I don't want to say that because it's not really, I know that's what it is on a level, but I don't want to turn off another generation from listening to it. And I also don't want it to turn into this, get off my lawn, old people are going to ride with it, young people aren't. Because I think it's just knowledge, right? And 
maybe I'll call it mature hip hop. I don't know. Like it's just talking about different things. Anyways, I love to hear what you think. I love to hear what people think. Again, of course, I'm a Jay-Z stan, so I'm going to rock the album no matter what, but I love to hear what other people think. So don't hesitate to let us know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit us up on the On Blast page, YouTube page. If you're listening to this, you know where to find us. Hit us up in the comment section. Let us know what you think of the album. And of course, we'll discuss on a later episode. About right now, what we're going to do is we're going to call up my guy, Andrew Webster, and I'm going to ask him his thoughts on the 444 album. And I mean, I think he's on his way home right now. So it might be a little loud as he's walking down the downtown streets of Toronto, but uh, just a little ambient noise, you know, the sounds of the streets. This is what we do on the On Blast podcast, unpolished, unapologetic, or as a wise man, Sean Carter once said, y'all think small, I think biggie. <laughs> I got to get some Hove lines in. You know, this is going to be a, a long episode. If you don't like Hove, you probably don't want to listen to this episode. But if you do, stick around. Let me hit up Webby right now. Yes, you can hear you can hear the winds, but it is summertime in the city of Toronto, and that means it's on blast time once again. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm here with Mr. Andrew Webster. Webby, what's good, my dude? Yo, just me prowling around the streets of Toronto late at night, <laughs> you know, in the cover of darkness, ready to talk whatever, man. I just got done a whole night of watching uh, Summer League basketball, which was a lot of fun. The guys just putting it out there, trying to get on the teams. Uh, and yeah, I don't know, just got back from a vacation in the East Coast of Canada. It was absolutely ridiculous. Shout out but to yeah, the East no. Coast. How was the East Coast, Webby? Man, I went as east as you can go. I went to St. John's, Newfoundland, and let me tell you, their cops are coming after me because I'll just be fun. That's what that is. Are you kidding me? This, of course, sorry. Like I say, I'm on the streets of Toronto, holding it down. My, you know, don't worry. I didn't do. I didn't do anything wrong. They're not. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to snitch on those who did. They're, they're not after you. They could be looking for Floyd and Connor, who appeared to have, like, the city on lockdown earlier today. Ooh, there's a lot of people down there to watch two guys look at each other. Right? Are, are, you, you, like, are, are you, like, buying into this hype at all or no? No. I, you know what? Like, yes and no. Like, I'm realizing for, it, for what it is, like, and we're all just being played by these guys who are making millions of dollars off us paying 100 bucks to watch this fight. It does, uh... It does keep your interest going, man. Those are two guys who are who've built their careers on being so charismatic, and it's part of who they are as as athletes. So to get them in the same room, same stage at the same time, that's what you want to see. Yeah, like I keep saying, like I think this is the actual spectacle that will make it all worth it. These this week of press conferences, because I think this is going to be better than the actual fight. Hundred percent. So, so I'm here for what's going on this week. I just find this completely entertaining it's like the wwe it's like lavar ball it's like it's just here it's just entertainment right they're just gonna talk you you know you know what's funny is that tonight in toronto mayweather he said that he had something on connor and he was like oh you guys are gonna have to wait till next time it's like what is this Grey's anatomy (laughs) like you know next week on connor and and floyd (laughs) it's crazy but they're they're building the hype machine to a fight that I don't think will be worth it, but at the end of the day, I'll still be there to watch. So maybe, I mean, they win either way, right? 100%, and they're lining their pockets. 
lining their pockets. Another man who is lining his pockets and letting the world know about it is your friend and mine, Mr. Sean Carter, also known as JZ on this side of the border. Let's talk about 444. I've seen you since this album came out, Webby, and you you seem pretty excited off of your first few listens. Now you've had some time to, to let it set in a little bit more. What do you think of the album? You know what? I, I'm one of those people who's been kind of disappointing with Jay-Z. I don't think, I think that in his last couple of albums, he was looking for almost a point of view to have, and he couldn't find it. I mean, he even made a whole album that was like a concept album about a movie somebody was making with Spike Lee in it. He, he was so comfortable, and he didn't have anything that an artist needs, which is a little bit of conflict, you know? And I think that with what happened or may not have happened with his family, blah, 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 something obviously clicked in his head that he could find some art from this pain and strife and conflict he was having. And that's why I think it's so good. Yeah. Is that, is that he's got something to say. And when Jay has something to say, he can spin a story. He can use a turn of phrase. And he, he's great, man. And like I say, this is his best album, I think, since probably the Blackout. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like in terms of ranking the albums, I still need more time with this to like be firm in where I think it ranks in the catalog. But you bring up a very good point because, you know, we've talked about this before where you kind of got to rank Jay pre and post blueprints, right? Because we're talking about different eras type thing, right? And uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would even put it after the Black, the after black, black Album. Yeah, after Black Album. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, I'll never forget, I think it was Kingdom Come. And he had a song on Kingdom Come called... Or maybe it was a song actually called Kingdom Come. And it was like a superhero theme and this whole thing. And I remember an interview with Just Blaze. And Just Blaze said he had this this great sample from Rick James. And he had this theme of Kingdom Come. And Jay was a superhero coming back to save hip-hop and all this stuff. And he, he played him the beat gave him the theme, and Jay ran with it. And if you go back and listen to that song, like it's just fun, all the double entendres, and he just ran with the theme. And so I say that to, to sort of back up your point where, because this is from the mouth of Just Blaze, when you give Jay, or when Jay has like something to say, but also a theme to kind of run with, that's the best Jay-Z you'll ever get, especially in this post-Black Album era. When you give him something to run with, a theme, and that's why American Gangster was so good, right? Like he had the movie to play off of, Pretty he had good. Like a full storyline to run off of, right? And that's where you see Jay at his best. He can be thought-provoking, he can kill you with the double entendres, he can be jokeful, he can be playful. And I feel like we get all of that on this album that is so wonderfully produced by No ID. See, that's, what I, that's exactly what I was going to bring up next. It's like... It, Part of that, uh, I think part of that draw we have to Jay-Z is because he lets us get so close and intimate. And even on his, like, even on his more thuggish records or whatever, he would have, like, some of these jams that were so good because you f- he, made you, he made himself feel relatable. And I think that by having one guy do the production, the whole album is like that. You know, and I think that he kind of got away from... I mean, the Black Album and Blueprint, and but really the Black Album, because that was the one that 
I think every track had a different producer. Or if there were double ups, it was only like a couple of songs that used the same guy. Yep. And that's cool. And it, it, it can show who you are as an MC and what kind of almost genres you can really thrive in. And Jay's always been so good at that. But having the one guy, I find, lets you get closer to the art. Because you're looking, almost looking at what he's saying through one guy's point of view of music. So I, and yo, those beats are ill. Like this No ID guy has a crazy, crazy big future in front of him because they don't sound like a lot of the popular guys out right now. Like those aren't Mike Will made beats. No, and I, I think that's kind of the, an interesting part that you bring up, right? Because I think people forget that Kanye came up under no ID. So a lot of those beats that Kanye was coming up with, with those like old school samples, that's a lot of influence coming from a guy like from no ID, right? Like Kanye even references it on, uh, what is that? There's a song on the, it's like one of the last songs on maybe his first album where it, it just goes through his whole like story basically of how he came to be, like how his career came up. And he references that, like how important No ID was in his development as a producer. So it's kind of right. ironic at the same time that as Jay and Kanye are kind of not on speaking terms, we'll say. That well, who knows about that? That could exactly. be uh, that could be a Connor Mayweather kind of thing, you know? <laughs> very true, very true. But I mean, it, it's interesting that Jay goes to No ID, kind of the Mr. Miyagi for Kanye, right? To like right. get to that soulful place where, as you said, like the thing that the thing that I'm so happy about with this album is that Jay didn't try to make an album to fit within this generation of music. He didn't try to exactly. make something that sounds like the Migos or something that sounds like Future. He just made a, an album that like fit into what he is about, you know, and like it's relatable for fans that were back in that day, but also it's not even about the get off my lawn like this is our hip hop type thing. I think it's more just showing that there's room for both. Right? Like, I still love Pretty Girls Like Trap. I think that's a dope oh, album, right? No, abs- absolutely. And he was he was using the genre to tell a story, right? And that's kind of what all these guys are doing. It's just that we, I really think that we all like it. I mean, I say we as in, like, older hip-hop fans who enjoy this album. We like it because the story he's telling is relatable to us, you know, as we kind of get older. And you're right, he's not doing the thing of, hey, you guys are doing it wrong, this is whack. He's just using what he's learned in his musical life to tell this story. And we relate to it more than we would Migos because, you know, Amigos have been around for a hot minute. Yeah. You know, we didn't grow up with that. And I'm sure there are kids who grow up with Migos. And listen, Migos is sick. I love that shit. But it doesn't mean as much to kind of the age group generation that we're in, you know? Yeah, it's interesting you say that too, right? Because I think like, you know, I wasn't expect like I didn't have high expectations for this album. I'll start there, right? No, but I did start to get excited though. I did like... I knew it was coming out. I was like, you know, that whole week leading up, I was like, you know what? There's a Jay-Z record coming out on Friday. Yeah. I was like, I hope it's going to be dope. Like, It was was a welcome sign. There was still something there. Yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised to hear it, and I was pleasantly surprised at the the style that it was as well, right? Because I feel like everything just became the same 
turn up, turn up hip hop, you know, like that down south mumble rap and everything kind of like sounded the same and I was enjoying it, but it was just refreshing to hear something else. Right. Cause I feel like Kendrick is kind of Kendrick. J Cole is really successful because there's sort of like people starving for that kind of hip hop. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So I think, I think J Cole is good, but I think he's a bigger deal because there's not that many people doing what he does. If that makes sense, right? J. Cole sucks, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> I like J. Cole, so I'm not going to diss uh. J. Cole. But I, I, I understand the point of uh, I, uh, our buddy of beer would always say that J. Cole is a boiled chicken of hip hop. Right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm also the white guy who loves MF Doom, so take my hip hop takes as you will. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, with this J album though, I, I it came out and I listened to it and right away I was like, okay, I can tell that I feel like a lot of kids or a lot of people aren't going to be ready for this album and they might not like it because the way that we listen and we consume music isn't the same way we did when we listened to full albums. Right? Like now we listen to playlists which have like one or two tracks from every new album that just came out, right? So we're not listening to a full album to, to understand the theme or to like listen to a full album and understand all the different parts to it or the conflicting parts in it. Right. And this was like a story of where he's at in his life, but also where like people who grew up listening to Jay, I think are at in their lives as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's kind of, kind of what I was saying, right? Like we all are, we all still remember those times where, when an album dropped, we wanted to hear the whole thing front to back, blah, blah, blah. And that's what he did. I mean, it's 10 tracks. It does still have, like, I mean, I still think that uh, uh, Bam and 444 and the one with Frank Ocean are, like, singles. Like, yeah, yeah. Songs, that, songs that you could put on a playlist. But the way he presented it as the 10 tracks... I, and I, I, I give a lot of credit to Kendrick for this too. Like these guys aren't losing what it is to put out a full comprehensive, complete album as a piece of work, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think that, I, I think that that's something, and I really like Drake's last album. I'm not going to try and diss Drake here, but that's something that he's got to work on. Yeah. It's like, I find that his albums are just kind of like, uh, like you would they're and I think the last one was, he said it's more of a playlist than it is an album. Yeah, you're totally right. They did call that, a, he did call that a playlist and not an album. You're totally correct. Uh, one of yeah. the interesting things to sort of piggyback on what you're saying is, uh, no idea, I read this article in Rolling Stone, I think it was. Yeah, I read the same one. It was right? great. And no idea, one of the things no idea talked about was that, that I found super interesting was he talked about going back and listening to classic albums or great albums, whether it was like The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill or Nazilmatic or Reasonable Doubt or Volume One or whatever, right? And he went back and he listened to all these great, great albums and then he paid attention to the songs that didn't really fit or the okay. songs where you could you could look at and say, okay, they were trying to make a radio track here or they were trying to get into the club with this track or they were right. trying to make like the strip club track or whatever, right? you could blatantly tell when you listen to some of these these albums what they were trying to do with this song and how it might have taken away from the overall album and so when they were putting together 444 they were very conscious of that and that they weren't going to try to make you know 
this is going to be the song that this is the single that they're going to play on the radio. This is the single that they can get in the club. Like they weren't really thinking about it like that at all. They were just going to put to like Jay had something to say. He was going to supply him with beats that kind of fit with that. And that's what they were going to do. They were just going to tell a story of what he was feeling at the time. And I think that was super dope because there's a lot of things that, you know, everything gets a, uh, uh, what gets the headlines is obviously the Beyonce stuff, the Kanye stuff, because that's easy, right? Like that's easy headlines to make. But I I love the Jay when he's so like, you know, talking about what's going on in society, you know? And I, I kept pointing this out where I said that Smile is one of my favorite songs on the album, right? Great tip. Great track. And I love the third verse in it. And I actually wrote down the lyrics here just a little bit at the very end there where he's talking about, you know, a, a young dude losing his freedom over dirt, yet it's legal, legal in Colorado, right? We deny yeah. black entrepreneurs free enterprise. That's why they call it. That's why it's a black market. That's why it's called the trap. That's why it's called the projects because it's exactly that. You know, like he's talking about like real shit that's going on in society right now, but like explaining it on a level that everyone can understand. If that makes sense, you know he's he's explaining the culture of what's going on in in America, but for all all ears. Does that but make I think sense? That, that's that something way? that Jay Z's always been really good at. Always been really good at, but it was refreshing to see it happen again. Because I think on like what was the last album, Magna Carta? What do you think yeah. of that album? Well, I liked it because I I kind of like Magna Carta, but it took me a couple spins to get into. And, and and really it was like for three or four tracks but that was like lavish jay-z like that was a and, and that's that's what i'm talking about that's kind of the album that takes him away from us yeah you know yeah and it was it seemed like that album wasn't for us that was for like the art shows and all the skinny models like drinking the <laughs> vodka right and showing up in a black tux you know so, and I like, I still like it. I still love that track with Rick Ross on that album. I still, that's one of my favorites. But what he did with 444 was that I think that he consciously made himself more relatable to the people that grew up listening to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think he had a lot more to say on this album than he did on the last album. Last album was more, you know, Okay, I got my Rick Ross track that's kind of hard, that's for the dudes, or for the mandem, as people might say, you know? Which, you're yeah. right, fuck with me, I know, you know I got it, is a big, big track. A big, big track. Right? They ha- there were tunes on it. But I feel like on this album, he just has like so much more to say, while still being like the playful Jay, right? And so, the story of OJ is like a piece of art. And I don't want to oversell it, because like everyone knows, if you're listening to this, or if you know me, you know I'm a huge Jay fan. So I don't want to come cool. off as like, you know, just dick riding Jay. But the story of OJ is like so brilliant. But I also think it's like one of those things where Jay shows how good he is because he can say so much by saying so little. Right? So the song starts, you know, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. okay. Right? Like it's just so perfect, right? Because everyone's thinking the exact same thing, right? When you watch that ESPN doc, right? And you and you you watch like, you know, the past year of all this OJ stuff being everywhere. And it, it's just a, such an interesting play to then take that and spin it into society of where you're seeing all these people and, and you're being told that, you know, people are taking things next level within the black community, but it's still like, well, there's still a, a, a lot of work to do. Right. And like 
boosting him not for being the rapper, Jay-Z, but for being the businessman, Jay-Z, or the businessman, Puff, or the businessman, you know what I mean? Like, we don't really, still don't get to see as many of those things as we do, oh, Puffy is still trying to live off big, or right. Jay's the rapper, or he's Beyonce's husband. Right? Like, we don't hear enough about the businessman talk or the credit talk or all that fun stuff. And I think, like, that was a really important thing for this album. I, and, and I think that he had to kind of, uh, kind of do a job of explaining that. Because I think you're absolutely right. And I think that uh, promoting himself as a businessman is important to the community, you know, for, uh, for black kids, especially, you know, to show that you can. You can be successful with a straight, you know, way of getting rich. And to be able to come out and explain it and not just be the guy that you see, like you say, oh, Beyonce's husband or, oh, Jay-Z's a businessman, quote unquote. Like, it's great to hear him explain it, you know? Well, even just to like, you know, put it in a perspective where, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, shout out to Jimmy Iovine, but he's trying to bring on the new regime, right? And it's like, why don't why don't we think of him in that same light? Why don't we think of the puffies in that same light, right? Whereas they're doing the exact same thing. He's trying to do the same thing with Title, and like we've seen it recently, where he bought Title for what it was like thirty five mil or some crap like that. And now just yeah. sold a quarter of it to Sprint for like two hundred and fifty mil or some crap like that. Like these are serious moves being made, and I don't think that you know those things get represented in the right light. Right. He still right. has to but drop that's a, a hip-hop album to tell us about it, if that makes sense. Right, but it's definitely a way that he can. You know, not everybody can, but Jay-Z certainly can. And use that uh, medium in a positive way like that, I think it's awesome. For sure. And one, Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, too, was just the fact that, like, with this album, you have a lot of people, because I, I like to play the devil's advocate on right, in this conversation so it's not just all jay-z love but it was interesting i was reading a lot and you know we're both fans of uh bomani jones right yeah and uh he was going at it with some people on twitter and there he was kind of saying like people are acting as if jay saying groundbreaking shit like you know what's better than throwing money in the strip club credit you know and people are like going crazy losing their minds and he's kind of like really like y'all needed jay-z to tell you that and he's like you know you can't be in the strip club and have credit. And it's like, you're kind of missing the point, no? Like, no, like, 100%. 100%. But what I'm saying is that, that that's very true. You shouldn't need Jay-Z to say it. But if Jay-Z saying it and you're willing to listen, then that's a positive. Ah, I like that. Yeah. You're totally you know? right. You're totally right. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with Bo. Like, it's not something that a rapper should have to tell you. And he's but not the first person. If you're going to listen to it because a rapper's saying to it, then yeah, yeah. And he's not even—he's definitely not even the first rapper to to rap about anything like that. But he's definitely the most popular rapper to ever be talking about that. And I think that we take it—we we, we kind of lose lose sight in the fact. And I know this sounds crazy, but I'm one of these kids where like I grew up on this generation of Jay Z, you know, of telling a generation of kids that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And so we're also smart enough to decipher the difference between him talking about hustling and selling drugs and whatever to get money to whatever it is that you decide to find to make your hustle. 
You exactly. know what I mean? Like we're smart enough to to realize that difference. And and like I still think people that don't get it don't get that. Right? Like I always tell people, like I'm I have friends that work in like finance and shit, right? And I remember my boy one time explained to me, we were talking about young Jeezy and he was saying how much he, he enjoyed Jeezy's music and how much yeah. like some of his other like finance dudes that you wouldn't really expect, like they fuck with that shit. And I was like I was kinda like surprised by it and he's like, Well think about it. He's just talking about waking up and getting money. The principles are, are the same thing, right? Like the, the like at the no, you're core. you're absolutely right. It's all like, but that's what hip hop is, right? Exactly. It's a metaphor, exactly. and it can you you can find those metaphors and shape them to your lives, mm-hmm. and that's why it's such a, uh, uh, a relatable and intimate art form, you know, almost more than pop music, right? <laughs> because these guys are telling us stories and are using these kind of fantastical images that we might put up in our mind like scar facing it out but really if you listen between the lines it's about work ethic these guys aren't saying like some of them are but these guys usually aren't saying roll up out of bed and just like a million dollars falls in my hand it's like oh i you know you got to work the corner or you gotta do this you got to do that but it's not about being lazy and none of these tunes especially from the guys who are uh, who span generations and become very popular and really successful, they, they're really successful because they preach what they practice, and that's hard work, you know? You can't, you can't fault any of these guys that, oh, this just fell in their lap, you know, other than maybe, like, Jaden Smith. <laughs> yes. Shouts to Jaden Smith, by the way. No, but- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Running around in a white Batman suit. Hey, whatever works for you, right? You know what I'm saying? That's, what it, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really in love with this album a lot. And I've had days where I listen to like Smile just like over and over again. I've had days where it's like, okay, Marcy Me was like, I was late to that song because what uh, ended up happening every time I'd listen to the album, I would just go back to the beginning. So like right. I'd be listening to it and then I'd get to work, whatever. And then when I'd listen to it again, I'd go back to the beginning. So I've, I'd heard Marcy Me, but I never really took it in as much as I should have until very recently, until like a couple of days ago. And I was like, oh my God, this is just amazing, right? The wordplay, like he's, he's painting the picture for you, right? Oh, and with with every good Jay-Z album, good Jay-Z song, like that's the thing. It's like a good naked gun movie. You see something new every time you watch it. Exactly. You know, it's the same thing with a Jay-Z record. Oh, you hear that line or the way he, like you say, he painted that picture and you're just like, oh, wow, I, I missed that on the first six times, you know? No, for sure. So what what would you say are your favorite tracks from that album? Uh, I would say 444. Uh, like I said, 444, Bam, and The Mum with Frank. But that's just because I'm a Frank Ocean stan. And when I heard he was on this album, I was like, ah, I bet that's going to be one of my favorite songs. And that's what happened. Turns out it's probably my favorite song on the record. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I do. I really do enjoy that track. And I, I, it's one of those things where it's 10 tracks, but it really just goes straight through. But I'm saying like, it's a good, like 45 minute song. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it actually. Right. And someone the other day was saying that, uh, cause obviously the concert, right? Like tickets are going on sale this week for the show. And, uh, someone said to me this week, they were like, oh man, like the album's okay, but I don't know how much like how good it is going to be to watch that performance of this album. And I'm like, well, if you really think about it, 
most shows, dudes are performing for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Right? Most sets will be. This album as a whole is 36 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So even if he did perform the whole album, which he's not going to do, it's only a half hour, and then you're still getting all the J hits that you need. That sounds sure. like a great night to he'll me. Do, he'll do one set that's, you know, most of that whole album, and then he'll have another that will be basically greatest hits. And I'm here for all of them. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, I love BAM. And, like, I've been using this oh. as, like, the gauge for most people where I just ask them, and this will determine the level of our friendship going forward. But I keep asking people, what was your reaction the first time you heard the line, I'll Bobby Shmurda anybody you heard of? Well, you know what my reaction was, because free, free Bobby, first of all. All right, free Shmurda. We need that guy back in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, and, and that's classic Jay. And it's like, the other one was the... The Al Sharpton taking selfies line. Ooh, so hard, right? Yeah, like when like, did he Al- finish this album? Like two weeks ago, right? So no, the line was just you know uh, Al Sharpton's in the mirror taking selfies. How is he or Bill Cosby supposed to help me? Right? Like it's yeah. just like you're right. When did he write that line? Because that Al Sharpton uh, shit is what uh, three weeks old, a month old, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But that's just the what? beauty of Jay, right? The the ability to just, you know, uh, throw the Uzi vertical. Just be able to, like, toss in these little references that turn into double entendres just so quickly. That, that, mean, that means so much. You take something that means so little, that's a throwaway, like, stupid pop culture thing, mm-hmm. and then he can wrap it into the message that he wants to get across. So good. And I don't that's know great. anyone who does that like Jay, who does that as well. And... You know, it was funny, like, the internet went crazy because Lonzo Ball tweeted out a couple days ago, right, that 21 oh, Savage's yeah. new album is better than 444. The internet's going crazy because that's what the internet does. But I was like, what did you expect Lonzo Ball to think? Exactly. Like, what are you expecting from Lonzo? You know what I mean? But was Lonzo Ball even alive when Reasonable Doubt dropped? I doubt it. Probably. He certainly wasn't alive when Jay-Z and Big L had that freestyle got like battle no definitely not definitely not alive for that uh and so now like you know i picture someone uh one of my boys said you know, under 25 if you're under 25 you're probably not going to get down with this album and that's not a knock i just think that you gotta like be at a certain point to understand some of the things that he's talking about right uh, yeah i agree i agree i think time over time, it will be really kind to this record. We think it's really good now, but I bet you, man, this is one of his ones that sticks around and people kind of discover the older or, I don't want to say more mature, but when, when you see more in your life, I think that you will be drawn to this record more definitely. than if you're 19. Yeah, and I definitely think it hits people with a certain, like I always think of J albums, like it, it a moment in time, right? Like I was in OAC when the blueprint came out, right? right? I was in college when the black album came out. Like I can remember those things. So to like, remember, you know, when volume two came out or volume three came out and he's talking about, you know, me give my heart to a woman, not for nothing, never happen. I'll be forever. Ma-. You know, like I'm in freaking high school or something, right? Or I was exactly the person who, who he was like, 
talking to you. I was like, yes, that is exactly, that is my mantra right now for like 17 or how long old I was. Exactly, right? And so now to hear him talk about, you know, his wife and his family and how you explain cheating to your kids, right? Like, that's just like, whoa, like that's just some next level shit. But it's him being honest about the, the spot that he's in in his life. And I think like that's always been why I fucks with Jay anyways, because it's always real about what's going on with him at the time. Whether that's talking about buying art, because that's what he was doing at the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. Are you interested in going to the show? Have you been thinking about that or no? You know, I went to his show for Magna Carta. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was the last time I saw Jay. I've seen him twice. Okay. Uh, so I might not go and see this one. I did go and see Kanye as well for the first time. So uh, I'm a little rap concerted out, you know, especially you. with those two guys. I got you. I got you. Uh, you might as well just save it for Watch the Throne too, because I'm a firm yeah, exactly, believer. Exactly. It's like Conor McGregor Mayweather. I'm a firm believer Watch the Throne 2 is happening. This uh, album, it, like you say, like, why wouldn't they? Like, they make so much money. Makes too much sense. Um, exactly. While we're exactly. still talking about music, I mentioned this to you earlier, and I know you said you haven't seen it yet, but I kind of wanted to touch on it to get it out there because it's on HBO right now, and it, it's a documentary that's about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, and it's called The Defiant Ones. And I wanted to talk about this because if you are a music fan, regardless of genre, right, this is definitely something that you should watch. Because it's just a great documentary. It's well put together. It's done by HBO. So, of course, it's going to be well put together, right? But the storytelling of, again, no matter what genre of music you're into, like if you're a fan of Dr. Dre and hip-hop or whatever, then you'll find it very interesting learning about Jimmy Iovine, who got his start by working with Bruce Springsteen and Bono and U2 and Tom Petty. and You know what I mean? Like it's really, really cool to just see like the beginnings of music and how like two like music icons got to the spot where they are now to where you're selling beats headphones to apple for 3.2 billion dollars so no this was an i i haven't watched it yet Mm -hmm. and i just kind of saw the uh preview yes and then it got me reading up on who this guy is and he like started interscope records now yeah like you say, if you're our age and you grew up as any kind of a music fan, mm-hmm. whether it's hip hop or rock, mm-hmm. Interscope was putting out all the best shit. Yeah. You know, like this, it wasn't just, you know, Dre and like, sure, uh, Jimmy Iovine was instrumental in guys in some of the best Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks shit that came out. Mm-hmm. But it, when he was running Interscope, all of the all of their records were amazing. Like this guy just had he's one of those people with the ear. He just knows what's good when he hears it. And it's an incredible talent and I can't wait to watch this documentary. Yeah, and, and like everybody's in the doc too. Like you mentioned Springsteen, Bono's in it, Trent Reznor's in it. Um, yeah, nails were on that interscope. Yeah. Um Gwen Stefani's in it. Uh, Eminem's in I think the fourth episode which I think airs tonight I haven't watched the fourth episode yet but the first three have just been it's just amazing storytelling so many little nuggets that I don't even want to give away or ruin because I think the viewing experience is just that good like the nuggets they give about the the infamous uh, source awards with uh, you know when 
Suge Knight's up on stage, you know, telling people if you don't want someone dancing in the videos, come to death row. Like the stories behind that, like Nas is in it too, telling the story of that night. Like, again, if you are a music fan, and again, I want to emphasize, it's not just about hip-hop, because Bruce Springsteen, like, the part that got me hooked in this, actually, was a very first episode that deals a lot with Jimmy Iovine's time working on Bruce Springsteen's Board and Run. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to pretend to be, like, the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan, but I am a music fan, so by default, you have to pay homage and pay respect to someone like Bruce Springsteen, right? If he's talking, you're going to listen. And of course, of course. It was just super interesting to hear like them working on this album, Born to Run, and how they literally spent three weeks trying to find the right drum sound. And how they're just talking about that process of them literally just banging on a drum and then him being like, nope, try it again. It was just such a great job of storytelling, too. The way they tell the story, and Jimmy Iovine is like this 20-year-old, like, board up, just learning. This is like his first break. And it's just like such a great, again, I don't want to give too much of it away because it does such a great job, but it comes highly recommended. And obviously on On Blast, one of the things that we love to do is recommend things for you to watch and check out. So definitely music-wise, 444. And check out the HBO doc called The Defiant Ones. And let us know what you think. Speaking of this, of letting people know what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, I had you take a look at two videos today because we were talking about Jay-Z, and it's great to go back to the classics, but there are people out there putting out new music all the time. Yep. And especially in the hip-hop world, who's ever coming out with new music, I want to check out. You know, I want to know what's getting popular. I want to know what the next thing is going to be. And this music magazine, hip hop magazine, XXL every year, very controversial do the freshman of the year where they take their best new rappers and put them on the cover of their magazine. They've had as little as three. I think they've had as many as 13. And this year's list came out a couple of weeks ago, Shelly, very controversial because I've heard of only two of them. And there were there were some that I heard stories of, some that I saw videos on the internet of getting knocked out at their shows. <laughs> and every year, XXL not only do they put out these these freshmen, but they they put them in ciphers. And there is no better way of me finding out what kind of rapper you are than when you and a couple of dudes are rapping over the same beat. And it's supposed to be, quote, unquote, a freestyle. So there's these, they've only put out two of these now. They have like three or four guys in every cypher. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to see which guys they put with who. Last year, my favorite, they had Designer <laughs> with, uh, with Anderson Pack yeah. and Little Dicky. <laughs> And it was one of the most interesting freestyle ciphers I've ever seen. Now, this I put you on to those two. I don't have the list in front of me because I forget these guys' names. Um, I did. Did you did you enjoy any? Were there any that drove you mad? So I have a question for you because I saw you earlier today, and you told me make sure that you watch these two cipher videos. And then I watched them, and I was thinking, okay, was this a setup? Was this because you know what my reaction is going to be to watching these <laughs> Cypher videos? 
Which, you didn't see anybody that that put a spark in your brain that this guy could be something. This guy's got a little bit of skills. I'll be honest. So so I'll go through some of the names that uh, took part right. some of this. Like one of them has some of the names are my favorite. I mean, the names sometimes are the best, and there's a couple of killer names with these guys. Like, and I'm gonna sound like the very old man here. <laughs> Do it. There's Do a it. dude named A Boogie with the hoodie. Okay. Uh, P and B Rock. Okay. Playboy Cardi. Right. Ooh, I've heard of Playboy Cardi. Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, some dude. I don't even know how you pronounce that. I'm not even gonna try. This is the crazy dude. What the XXX? Oh, that's like extension or some shit like that. I don't know. Something stupid. Uh, Ugly God, who I've heard of as well. A dude just named Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> that works, right? And so, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This made me feel really old, but to almost yeah. bring this back full circle, Webby, there's a line on Family Feud, which is one of my best favorite songs off of 444. Of course. In which your friend and mine, Sean Carter, says, he says, old niggas never accepted me. New niggas is the reason I stopped drinking Dos Equis. And I was like, Stop drinking Dos Equis. <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. And then when you, when you do a little Googles, you get your Googles up, you find that this may be a subliminal shot at Hip Hop's Double XL magazine, since obviously Dos Equis translates into two Double X's, right? So Double XL freshman class, and obviously Hove, which if you don't remember, was on the cover of the first ever Double XL. Yeah. So new dudes is a reason I stopped drinking Dos Equis. That's what I felt like. I can't mess with Double XL or any of these dudes because I was like, I can't be repping. I can't be a grown ass man repping them. a dude. None of them. A boogie with the hoodie. Like I can't. Like really, man. And See, this is what I'm me. saying. I think that you're you've got an age bias. I definitely do. But with that said, one of my favorite songs of the summer was still uh, EXO Tour Life. Like that is that's just a great song. Well, the other guy, your, your dude Kyle there, yeah. he's, on, he's on my song in the summer, oh. I Spy, with Yachty. I have heard that song, too. I with the, that he's song. the guy with the DeRozan line. <laughs> yes. Good call. Good call. Good call. That is true. And you know what? I thought he was good, and I thought uh, Boogie was good. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought, you know what, the star, though, the, the guys that I showed you, the guy that I thought you were going to come back with and be like, yeah, you know what, some of these guys were just like a little suspect, but Ugly God, man. Ugly God, he was like a, he's like a bigger dude, right? And he was like mumbling yeah. a lot. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And he, he was the only one, for sure, of all those guys in those two videos who came up and actually freestyled. Also, he didn't know. He didn't know what he was going to say, and I thought what he came up with was hilarious, mm-hmm. and and it rapped, and I could understand him and what he was trying to say. I thought he, I think he's going to be real good. I I really do. I'm I'm looking out for ugly guy. You are right because that dude Kyle did come up and he flowed all right, but I'm like, this is written. Yeah, he knew he knew when that beat was dropping too when he like kind of held back a bit, but I thought he was good. What he wrote down was was good. No, definitely. But the other thing, but I the found, guy, the guy at the end, the guy, the, the emo uh, uh, hip hop guy at the end, when the beat cut out, that like the heavy metal dude, <laughs> that was too fun. That was the one that I wanted you to see, uh, just to be like, get off my lawn. 
Oh, I was just, I was firmly just like, yeah, man, like this, and that's okay. I'm, I, I'm not hating on the kids because I'm sure when I was a kid, you know, and I was like Diddy bopping the Puffy and Mace, you know, I'm sure my older yeah. brothers were like, what the hell are you listening to? Puffy's just copying 80s tracks. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I get it and I fully understand it. And hey, I'll, I'll still get down to some Migos, not mad at Migos. Right? No, no, hell no. Are you kidding me? They were about to run roughshod over your boy Joe Button the other night. (laughs) How amazing was that, though? That was like this is why uh, this is why I love hip hop award shows. Okay, (laughs) they're different than the Oscars because things are going to happen at hip hop award shows. Well, I just love that uh, DJ Academics gave us one of the greatest memes that will now live forever. Just that confused look on his face as he's trying to figure out like what Migos is saying and he has no idea and he just looks super confused. Sorry, say, say what? <laughs> it was so good, right? No, no, no. My favorite, uh, the, the queen, the MVP of that whole situation is the girl in the background with the glasses. Yes, 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 yes. She's the best. They zoom in on her face and she's just like, what? Oh, oh man, it's going down. I was like, yo, she is all of us. Speaking of, did you see that, uh, the video of the brawl and the pizza pizza? I did not see that, no. Oh, dude, you got to watch this. This is another recommendation for all of our <laughs> listeners out there, especially those in the special? Toronto area. There was a brawl at a Queen and Broadview pizza pizza. I don't know if you've been there. Some of us have. Queen and Broadview. 3 a.m., a, a girl brawl. Whoa. Just chick, chicks on chicks. So there's guys who are trying to break it up, and there's this one guy who's like got his arm around a chick trying to hold her back and he just he's looking at the guy filming it and he's just like ah what up he like points to the camera and he's just like yo what up though it's too funny <laughs> i will definitely get my googles up to to take a look at that that sounds yeah. amazing that sounds and awesome. l- listen to more ugly god and then the other guy who wasn't in the freshman who i think you'd like is uh t t grizzly oh <laughs> t grizzy t grizzly yo he's good too jay shouted him out when he did that crazy long Twitter rant the other day? Yes, 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 yes. And he was naming all the rappers left out MF Doom. Well, we won't we won't kill Jay too much for that. Probably hasn't heard of MF Doom. See, but he he did say T Grizzly. He was like T Grizzly, one of the new ones who's coming up. See, Webby, here's a problem though, man. Now I had a better chance of like taking in who these dudes were before Jay dropped an album. But now that Jay dropped an album, my yeah. net, like this summer is pretty much taken up. <laughs> right it's true it's true but it's another like it's another couple tracks to add to your summer playlist like uh uh tell have you heard the calvin harris album okay you've been you've been trying to boost this calvin harris album okay that and it's gonna make me actually check it out okay here's the thing right we were talking about it's like kind of the anti thing of the jay-z like okay. this is not an album right yeah. it's not a cohesive thing it's like a summer playlist that Calvin Harris's EDM DJ put together. Now it's not EDM. It's not like what you. It's not what you think it's going to be, Shelly. Okay. It's it's like uh, it's like a better Khaled album. Oh, a better yeah. Khaled album. Okay, I can get down with that. Is, is yeah. the Beebs make an appearance on this album? They, uh, who makes an appearance on this album? I said, does the Beebs make an appearance on this album? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no Beebs. Okay. No beams, okay. but it's got that slide song with uh, Ocean. 
I have heard that song. That song and is that's nice. A I do like that song. Yeah, I do like that song. Uh, as we talk about songs of the summer, Webby, there's been a lot of moves lately in the NBA this summer, and I'm simply just going to ask you which move has you most excited for this upcoming NBA season? Oh, excited for the NBA season. Paul George in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. has me has me excited. I, I really like what they did with that team. Uh, getting rid of Sabonis and Oladipo and adding Paul George and Patrick Patterson. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a big step up. Yep. Um, I really liked... I really like the move for both Boston and Philly of the pick swap. We haven't talked since the draft. True, true, true. And uh, I think that works for both those teams. I think that Tatum's going to fit in really well in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I think that Fultz with all those guys in two or three years is just going to be unbelievable. Yo, why is, why is uh, your boy... So I think that was great. Why is your boy Joel Embiid beefing with LeVar Ball, man? No, because LeVar Ball is corny, man. <laughs> corny. Because he's corny. Because well, why aren't you beefing with LeVar Ball? He thinks that it's an album is better than uh, 444. <laughs> Yo, 20, 21 Savage is nice. Like, he's okay, but all his songs sound the same. Of course they do. He's just like going... <laughs> like, what'd you just say? What? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. At least people give me shit for liking Yachty, but at least... Yachty sounds weird and different. Was it two songs of Yachty's? I think there were two songs that Yachty had. What was it? Yachty had the Russ song, right? That commercial that Now I Do What I Want. That's Yachty, right? No, no, no. That's That's that's, Uzi. That's Uzi. That's Uzi. No, uh, Yachty was in the um, LeBron Sprite ad. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I got you. you. That's that one with with Dran. Broccoli. Broccoli. Yes, yes. So uh, so quick uh, story. I was out in St. John's. Yep. Newfoundland visiting a couple buddies. I was out there for a buddy's wedding, and I was at this old like Irish pub mm-hmm. called the Old Republic. Great place, and it was late, and I was we were kind of getting our last drinks for the night. A couple Irish car bombs and some old salmon cokes, and the girl behind the bar had her uh, iPod going or whatever, mm-hmm. and she threw on Lil Yachty, <laughs> the broccoli tune, and I lost my shit. <laughs> at like at like two thirty in the morning, I was like, "What? Am I hearing this right now? This is amazing!" You weren't expecting to hear that. It caught you off. So y- Yachty has made his way out to St. John's. Lil Boat has made the trip. See, I, I love when like because I was in London recently, like a couple weeks ago. I was in London, England for a friend's bachelor party, yeah. and I've been telling this story because it it really did prove to be why that French Montana. Sway Lee song is actually the song of the summer. Oh, that's all they listen to out there? Well, here's the thing. We're at, like, we're right outside uh, Burroughs Market, right? Which is, like, just beside the London, or Tower Bridge, right? Okay. So we're in Burroughs Market. We're, like, walking around, and it's just basically, like, you know, different food stands and whatever. So we're obviously looking to get, like, the actual experience. We're like, oh, I'm going to the meat pie stand for sure, right? And it was this place called the Pie Minister. Which is a great name, first off. But they had so many different kinds of of meat pies. It was so good. So we're standing there and we're eating. And all of a sudden, I hear the French Montana song. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, I can't believe this song song bumps over here, too. Like, that's dope. And then all I hear in the background are the girls at the meat pie stand. And they're just like, oh, have you heard this French Montana? It's the great song. 
And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Everything about this right now. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm being this tourist right now that is like mesmerized by their accent and their love of French Montana. (laughs) Yo, French Montana and his monkey are international. (laughs) Amazing, right? And I think that's a great spot to end this edition of Yeah, 100%. There's your kicker right there, man. There's a kicker right there. French Montana and his monkey and the song International. 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 Uh, Webby, if you want to comment on anything that myself or Andrew Webster have said, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can find Webster at... A Webster 84 for Thanks. Thanks, guy with no muffler. Great. <laughs> find me at, at A Webster 84. We're sitting at like 758 followers. Let's get that up. Guys, let's get that up. Let's get those numbers up. And I am yes. Sheldon Alexander. You can find me at Shell Alexander. And of course, as always, this is the On Blast podcast. Unpolished, unapologetic, because we just do things where we call people up while they're walking down the street on their way home at like midnight. Because that's just what we do on the On Blast podcast. Unpolished, unapologetic, as always. Until next time, see ya. On Blast. My whip drop, like bitches' asses. Cargo, ready to package. Paid up, I see haters watching, so fucking turn it up. Let, let these bitches drop it. You buy you a simply lemonade. How long is that gonna last in your fridge? A couple days, maybe? Yeah. That's the juice. How long does barbecue sauce last in your fridge? Wow. That's the sauce, man. Six around. Steaks, hard to move. I'm telling you. It's a difference.